Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the DVE Tramps like show. us. Baby, we were born to dance. <laughs> I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> uh, news this hour is brought to you by Benjamin Moore Paint. A look at the weather from the Channel 11 Weather Center. There will be a couple of spotty showers developing through the course of the day and a stray rumble of thunder. High temperature 75, partly cloudy, cool tonight, 52 the overnight low. Then clouds thickening up later in the day Friday. Kind of chilly, high of 68. I'm Scott Harbaugh in Severe Weather Center 11. Currently, 66. It's Lemieux right now at the DVE Morning Show. I'm Val Porter. La magnifique weather. African-American leaders in Kentucky say Governor Matt Bevin will be on, quote, the wrong side of history if he doesn't remove a Jefferson Davis statue from the state capitol. A handful of black lawmakers yesterday rallied in front of the statue of a former president of the Confederacy, Democratic State Senator Gerald Neal and Governor Bevin needs to decide if he is going to stand up on this issue. See, that's printed wrong. The senator said the governor needs to stand up on this issue. If the governor won't act, Neal said he may ask the legislature to order the statue to be removed. A lot of statue talk recently. Well, A lot of statue talk. True. Well, if they want to take... Yeah. They want to take it down, take it down. They want to keep it up. Yeah. You know what if they you know what, what it represents and agree on whether to keep it up or take it down. Well, there's this whole thing about uh like when when did they put it up would be, you know, a good question to ask. Also, wasn't he from Texas? Wasn't Jefferson Davis from Texas? What's he doing in Kentucky? I have no idea. Maybe he's from Kentucky, I don't know. Um but yeah, I say leave them all up because let's get let's get to all that stuff later. <laughs> There's a list of things that we need to take care of on our imminent death to-do list. And then let's expend the energy on that stuff. Or just just add a huge second place to all those Confederate statues. That too. When was it put up? Big question to ask. I'm telling you, was I've told everybody. The civil rights movement? Go, yeah, right. Was it during Jim Crow? Mm-hmm. And what does it really represent? Uh, go uh, watch the Civil War. Ken Burns documentary. It's on Netflix right now. If you've got Netflix. Highest. I started it. It was it was pretty tough. It's hard. The it's t- it's difficult. It's long. I'm gonna try to take some Adderall and watch it this weekend. It's a great idea. Great yeah. idea. Like our founding fathers <laughs> did. Same thing. Scientists are working on a new app that uses selfies to find signs of cancer. Researchers at the University of Washington are developing an app called Billiscreen that can detect early signs of pancreatic cancer by analyzing the whites in a person's eyes. Oh, great. I mean, this is kind of where, I mean, you can tell technology was on the road to this. I'm sure on your phone you've seen the heart icon and clicked on it. It keeps track of your steps and your heart heart rate and that kind of stuff. It does? Yeah. 
I have that on my phone? Yep. I put it on there. Oh. You're out to the bathroom. Nice. Yeah. Is there a bathroom app? Yes. There should be. The crap app. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. You know that's coming soon, where you'll be able to take a a, a picture of what you did, and then it'll analyze your your diet. You know what I mean? It'll be like, eh, probably got a little too much fat. Here are some dietary recommendations for you. Yeah, yeah, you do do a do a poo scan. You gotta stop eating sour patch kits. <laughs> Have to. <laughs> Madden goes in there, it's like <laughs> Call Matt Mertz. Call Matt Mertz. This app looks pretty interesting. Uh, An early clinical study found that the app correctly identified causes for concern about 90% of the time. The lead author of the study said their hope is that people can use the app once a month so they can catch the disease early enough to undergo life-saving treatment. Hey, great. I mean, I'm looking for a way to offset some of the medical costs. So if this does that, I love it. Well, early detection usually. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. I like it a lot. Early detection definitely will help with, uh, you know, lowering medical costs over the long run. I like it. Yep. I like it a lot. I like the dogs that can smell it. Like, they teach the dogs to do that a lot. There's some dogs I don't try. I mean, I've been... How can you tell, though? Like, do you want a treat or do I have lymphoma? Roof, roof. Yeah. Um, it's like, man, I don't... Uh, you really hard to understand. seem to be hanging out there. The First Lady's office is firing back at social media criticism about Melania Trump's shoes, calling it sad! Exclamation point. The First Lady was photographed in high heels as she and the president headed to flood-ravaged southern Texas Tuesday. In a statement to Fox News, Stephanie Grisham said people should be focused on the ongoing natural disaster in Texas and should not be worrying about Mrs. Trump's shoes. Grisham is the First Lady's communications director. By the time Air Force One arrived in Corpus Christi Tuesday, the First Lady had switched to sneakers. Here's the thing about when people say... Focus on the thing that's important, not her shoes. Uh, everybody's capable of both. <laughs> By saying, uh, maybe you want to put on some uh, some boots there, Melania. That's well, not look, taking I mean, your eye off of the, the hurricane. That's just also commenting. I think it's consistent for her, though. I mean, she's a model. How else would you think a model would born a plane? Right. Born? Bored. Bored. Frog? Fraud. Fraud. Frog? Colorado Springs Fraud. voters could decide to allow recreational marijuana businesses to shut, set up shop. The group Citizens for Safer Neighborhoods is preparing to collect signatures to put the issue on the November 2018 ballot. Mike Elliott says voters in Colorado Springs want to see recreational pot business come to town. Supporters of the idea would need to gather 20,000 signatures to put it to a vote. Marijuana advocates say they would rather craft an ordinance with the Colorado Springs City Council to allow for recreational marijuana sales before asking voters. However, Mayor John Southers has been a vocal critic of retail pot sales, noting that the federal government still considers marijuana marijuana to be illegal. Did you say marijuana? Marijuana. Dang. Dang, this is, st- Dang, this is good strong. stuff. Dang. Let me tell you what. This stuff gets me really high. Walmart is donating $20 million to relief efforts for Tropical Storm Harvey. Two million of that is designed for the hard-hit Houston area. Dan Bartlett with Walmart said the company is already been working hard to bring relief to those affected by Harvey. Walmart drivers have been 
uh, able to bring over a thousand truckloads of supplies, mostly water and basic necessities to those in need. On top of the big donations, Walmart is also pledging to double any donations that customers make toward relief efforts. America's dads are on average three and a half years older than dads 40 years ago. A study published in the journal Human Reproduction. You get that, don't you? Yeah. The I get that in Thrasher. The centerfold of that is... It shows the average age of a father to a newborn baby nowadays is just under 31 years old. Back in 72, the average dad was 27 years old. The number of dads over 40 years old also doubled during that time period from 4% to, uh, in, uh, to 9% from 1972 to now. Those it, all averages are, are trending older, right? I mean, people are getting married older. Mm-hmm. People are having kids later. All of that. Well, Which makes the the transition from life as an adult, single life as an adult without kids, to married life with kids is a a uh, a much tougher transition. Now you uh, you had kids right around the uh, you know regular age, right? Yeah, twenty seven, median age. Yeah, I had a buddy that had uh, kids very young, like when he was twenty one, and at the time wow. it was a big yeah. He, he ended up you know he he. And his girlfriend then got married, had another child, stayed married for a long time. They're not together now, but they're like best friends. And, you know, they raised their kids. And the cool thing for them is they're done. You know, they're like, they were in their early 40s and they were like, yeah, we're, they're, gone, they're done. They're off. They got their own lives now. Smart. In a way, yeah, it was very challenging for them. But, boy, you're physically just so much more able to deal with all of the, the physical demands of being a parent when you're younger. So like with Tony Randall's in his 70s, you know, before he died having a kid, like, you, you can't do that. But it's also... You can't keep up with it. It's also different because he's a millionaire. So, so he doesn't have to. he can hire full-time nannies. Right. That's what pisses me off the most about the Kardashians. If you watch them, I mean, there's a lot of things to be upset about. But the main one for me is that they bring their nannies on the vacation with them. <laughs> so they're actually able to finish a dinner without somebody screaming, crying, and having to leave without saying goodbye to anybody. Yeah, you don't, You haven't had that same luxury, huh? Oh, of course not. Usually I'm the one crying. <laughs> yeah, but 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40, and uh, 60 is your midlife crisis. Everyone lives to 120 now, they think. <laughs> I love that when I hear people who are over 50 being like, hey, he's having a midlife crisis. I'm like, I got news for you. The crisis is he's bad at math. <laughs> hey. Alice Cooper's in town tomorrow night. Billion dollar babies like the Kardashians. See, both. Billion Crawford babies. Tomorrow night, out at uh, Starlake. 100 buck Crawford babies. Yeah. Steve Purple, Edgar Winter, and Alice, DVE. <laughs> it's the DVE morning show. Adam Crowley from Steelers Nation Radio filling in for Mike Pursuta with a sports update. Next, we'll talk with Stan Savern, too, getting you set for tonight's game. In Carolina, the last preseason game before the regular season starts against the Browns. Isn't that great that Joe Hayden's first game as the Steelers is going to be against the Browns? It's beautiful. Got to love it. Sports next. Mm-hmm.
he takes it. All right, Mike Pesuta off. He's down to Carolina with the team for tonight's big, huge, enormous, must-win against the Carolina Panthers <laughs> preseason action. Adam Crowley from Steelers Nation Radio here to pick up the slack, literally, figuratively, on the DVE Morning Show. I think tonight's game overshadows everything that's happened these last couple of days. It's a big <laughs> one. A lot of Josh Dobbs, a lot of Bart Houston from Wisconsin. That's right. Or is it? Bart, Wisconsin, from Houston. Doesn't matter. He's not making a team. Not very good. It's not going to be fun to watch tonight. But thankfully, the Steelers are going to be very fun to watch throughout the 2017-2018 season. I think one of the best rosters in the National Football League. I thought that prior to these moves. I think it now more so because of these moves. The moves I'm talking about, Vance McDonald coming in from the 49ers. He addresses the Steelers' weak tight end position. Joe Hayden. Brought in on a three-year, $27 million contract. He addresses that weak cornerback position. And if there's any trepidation about the move, it's about that contract. Three years, $27 million. And I'm here to tell you, it ain't really three years, $27 million. Mm -hmm. It's one year for seven. And then, hey, guess what? If he's good, then he gets the rest of his money. And if he's good, nobody will be complaining about that contract. He'll have helped this team win. He'll have helped Mm -hmm. the outside cornerback position and god love ross cockrell thought he had a pretty good year last year but they want to play more press man he can't do that he's not athletic he doesn't know the technique well enough he's just not that guy if you've got joe hayden on the outside and you've got Artie burns who look great in training camp on the other side you've got two really solid corners there now they're gonna have their warts Artie burns still learning joe hayden not the pro bowler he might be able to regain that form he's been hurt the last couple of years with groin injury and concussion issues but if he's able to regain that form you're looking at two really good corners and then it's a lot of dogs for one bone uh, on the inside Mm -hmm. Uh, you've got Mike Hilton and Cody Sensaba and William Gay and the competition can't hurt there and each of those guys has their own skill set each of those guys has what they're good at and has their weaknesses so Mike Tomlin you know can that, mix, mix and match. And, and you know that the uh, the season is a war of attrition, so you're going to need depth. You're going to probably see a combination of those guys throughout the season, no matter who starts. Right. And the Steelers don't have great inside linebacker depth. We could see them address that need since they're just blowing through them right now. But because of that, I'm thinking you see more one inside linebacker on the field situations. We'll see Ryan Shazier in coverage and then an extra defensive back, whether that's a safety or a corner, we'll see. But they now have the bodies in a corner. I haven't even mentioned Cam Sutton, who I think might wind up in the second half of the season being the legitimate solution at that inside corner position. He's bigger, stronger, higher pedigree than Cody Sensabaugh. I could see him working himself in there. Now, speed is the issue for Joe Hayden. That's what everyone's saying. He's a little bit slower than he used to be. Mm-hmm. Clocked as a maybe four seven four eight guy at corner, which is bad. He's battling through groin injuries. Ike Taylor said on the NFL Network that when healthy, Joe Hayden's one of the best. I feel like Joe Hayden is a top ten corner when he's healthy. That has been the issue. Two time Pro Bowler. Don't forget, he just made twenty eight years old. Yeah, he just made twenty eight in April. So the guy's still young. He's still in. The- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This prime has a lot of years left. Is a turnover machine, and he's played well in the tough AFC North division. He's staying at home. The way I treat my body, I ain't making 50. <laughs> I ain't making 50. It's not going to happen. Got to love Ike Taylor there. But he's right. When this guy's healthy, he's good. He's 28 years old. It's not like Darrell Revis where everyone's saying, bring in Darrell, bring in Darrell. Okay, the guy's over 30. He's slowed down, and it's because he's over 30. It's not because of injuries, whereas now we see with Joe Hayden, it's the injuries that have slowed him down. When healthy, he can take the ball away. Did so three times last year despite playing through all the injuries. All three interceptions against the Baltimore Ravens, which I think makes Steelers fans happy. Now on the topic of the tight end, Vance McDonald, last year, 391 yards, four touchdowns, over 16 yards a catch. That guy can stretch the field. He's a matchup problem. He runs good routes. Not much of a blocker, but hey, neither was Ladarius Green. He doesn't have green speed, but he can scoot. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say yesterday about the acquisition of Vance. I don't have any preconceived notions, to be quite honest with you. We evaluated him in a certain way coming out in the draft. I'm sure he's evolved in a lot of ways. Um, I always, I'm always hesitant to draw conclusions about uh, what someone's capable of being in our environment based on what they were in another environment. I'm excited about giving him an opportunity to, to show his skill set and maybe learn some new ones here. Um, we're always pleasantly surprised when we go in with that mentality. Um, I don't know that Darius Hayward Bay had a special teams reputation prior to coming here, for example. Um, it's proven to be something that he is, you know, open to and, and, and good at. Uh, so I always have the same men- mentality regarding the acquisition of players. And so we'll, we'll just put him in some work environment situations and see what he does well and see what he's open to learning to do. And uh, hopefully his role grows. Just scrolling around the Twitter machine yesterday, people were speculating about which tight end was going to get cut. People were speculating about which corner was going to get cut. And I'll be frank with you, that conversation does not interest me at all. This is a team that's going to contend for a championship. This is a team that I think is position roster-wise better than they have been since the last time they won the Super Bowl. And Bill, you and I were talking about this in the hallway earlier on. Not a lot of holes on this team. Nope. And when you look back at what the Steelers won the Super Bowl with in 2008, that offensive line was dreadful. Uh, that offense had their problems. This offense ain't going to have one problem. And the Steelers' defense, while it's not going to be one of the best in the league, it's not going to be one of the worst in the league. I-, I really believe that with some of the talent that they have. There is a game tonight. Steelers are playing the Panthers for the 15th year in a row in the preseason. And I just complained about not much caring who's going to make the roster and who's mm-hmm. not going to make the roster. But if you're into that sort of thing, Terrell Watson, the running back, has a chance he could play himself into that category. And look, Le'Veon Bell's gotten hurt every year he's played in the National Football League. So maybe this guy will have to play at some point. And here's what Terrell Watson said about his opportunity. I think I've done well so far. I mean, like I said, there's still stuff I need to get better at every day. And I think I've done well so far of uh, showing them what I can do, getting downhill and making decisions. And I think this year I've been a lot better catching the ball at the backfield, which is something I know I struggled with my rookie year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think like I've done a good job so far. We still have one more game. And every every week is a new week, you know. So Even though you haven't had a ton of time running behind, like, David or Pouncey or, you know, the starting offensive mm-hmm. line, do you think you've benefited from a team that has some offensive line depth? Yeah, I mean, we have great offensive linemen behind those guys. You know, the guys that go out with the linemen are, are good, too. So, 
uh, we're all professionals. Sorry about that. That was actually Mike Tyson. <laughs> Thanks to Tim Benz there for the audio. He's got a chance to play himself onto the roster, and while I'm not all that interested in who the 53rd guy is going to be on this team, given the expectations, the running back position for me is important just because we all know the injury history of Le'Veon Bell. And if your second back is James Conner, well, we all know about his history. I'm not saying that he's going to come out of remission or anything like that, but he's had knee injuries himself. He's been banged up. So you might need to rely on the third back at some point, and Terrell Watson has done enough, I think, to warrant at least that consideration. How do, I was just going to ask you that, how you see that playing out, because other than Rosie, Nicks, James Conner, and, and Le'Veon, who, who else is on this team? I was told by someone high up in the organization that they wanted to get a good look at Niall Davis last week, see what he can do at the running back position because they're fairly confident with what he can do as the kick returner, but they weren't so much confident in what he could do as a running back. So if last week was the showcase for him, eh, okay, lukewarm. I think Fitz Toussaint's a better runner, but I think that he's worse by far in terms of returning kicks. We saw that being an issue last year. So the conversation becomes – do you want a third running back who can be a third running back, or do you want a third running back who might not be that great of a running back but can get it done on special teams? Darn it, I got sucked into the conversation I didn't want to do. <laughs> Who's going to be the 53rd man on the roster? Adam Crowley from Steelers Nation Radio filling in for Pursuit of this morning. Thanks, man. Thanks, <laughs> guys. DVE brings you another look. It's the DVE Morning Show. Our friend Stan Saverin. From ESPN Radio 970-1063 FM. The Godfather. Joining us right now, Stanley, good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. How's it going? How much Great, flack, Stan. How much flack did you get about the Steelers Hall of Honor? Do you think mostly it was well-received, or did you feel that uh, the debate was inevitable when you went into it? I think the debate was inevitable. Um, the, the only sad part about that is that people tend to concentrate more on who didn't get in than those who did. Uh, I think that you know everybody's got their favorite. Uh, and as I try to explain to people, uh, the reason that the 23 Canton, Ohio guys went in as one big group is because the Steelers did not want to be put in the position of quantifying greatness. In other words, if, let's say, in the first class, you put in Lynn Swan, uh, but not John Stallworth, are you now saying to Stallworth, well, you were good, but we think Swan was better? Uh, Ham and Lambert, Franco and Bettis. So, you know, that's why the highest honor you can get is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's why they went in. Uh, there were a lot of people, uh, as we added the four this year, of uh, Donnie and Elsie and Andy and, and Dick Hoke, um, everybody had their favorites. And believe me, there were a lot of names discussed. And there was some spirit debate. Um, you know, everybody has got their favorites. But as I said to a lot of people, going back to the old Kung Fu show, patience, Grasshopper. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just can't put everybody in. I mean, there's, you know, 50 names you can come up with. And, you know, it's just going to take some time. I think to most fans it made sense to put in all the Hall of Famers in one class. But why the extra four? How did you guys come to the decision of 27? Well, the original intent bill of the Hall of Honor was to honor those players who probably won't get into Canton, but made significant, great contributions to the Steelers over the years. I mean, a lot of people think that Greenwood and Shell should be in Canton already, um, but when sure. you look at the other guys, I mean, Andy Russell um, uh, and, and Dick Hoke, uh, who was with the organization for 43, 45 years, 
Um, uh, you know, some of the other names that we kicked around, uh, you know, Rocky Blyer, uh, Larry Brown, Mike Wagner, Bill Nunn, Art Rooney Jr., um, uh, all made great contributions. So that is the intent, um, is not only to honor the guys who are already in Canton, but to those who probably won't get there, but they don't want to ignore their unbelievable contributions to the Steelers over the years. Aha, uh-huh. so it'll be f- it'll be four every year from this year forward? Well, it'll be minimum of two, maximum of four uh, every okay. year uh, from this point forward. Stan, should Steeler fans feel okay about being excited about jo- uh, Joe Hayden signing, or uh, is everybody overreacting to this? Um, I think you have to look at Joe Hayden this way. Uh, if you think that you're going to get the Pro Bowl Joe Hayden of 2014, you're probably not going to get him. Uh, he has not played a lot the last couple of years because of injuries, 18 out of 32 games. He had two surgeries, uh, on one on each groin over the offseason. Um, they said he was doing fine in training camp. And the Browns wanted to cut him because, A, they understand their situation, um, and also, B, they wanted to keep him, but not for $11 million a year, and they were also on the hook for his salary next year and the year after, and a significant amount of money. So it's not like they said, we don't think you can play anymore, but we're not going to pay you, uh, you know, $11 million a year. So the point is that it's probably not going to be the great Joe Hayden, uh, but if he's healthy, he is a significant upgrade over what they have. I think you have to look at it, you know, through that prism. Um, will you know is is he going to be Darrell Revis in his prime? Probably not, but he's going to be better than what they have. And this team is gunning for it now. You know, there's no pretense here. This is Super Bowl or bust. Um, and and you add Joe Hayden, you're better. I mean, you're automatically better, assuming that he's healthy. Uh, there are reports out there that you know he can't run like he once did, and that's probably true. Merely, only the fact that he's 28 now, he's been around for seven years. Uh, but by the same token, he's better than what they have. It's an upgrade. Should we be more excited about uh, McDonald at tight end or Hayden at cornerback? I would think Hayden. Um, they need more production mm-hmm. at, at tight end. But with the bevy of wide receivers they've got, not that they don't need a productive tight end, and he, you know, he's an upgrade over what they have, uh, but again, uh, if they don't get a lot of production from their tight end, they have an awful lot of wide receivers and a great running back and obviously a franchise quarterback. They can compensate for that. Um, but if they're getting picked on in a corner, they can't do that. Uh, if they want to play more man coverage, they're now more capable of doing that. Now, that's with the understanding that Artie Burns begins to step it up. Uh, he did not have a good game against Indianapolis. Um, and Artie Burns has got to be, you don't, you don't, it's nice if you have two great cover corners. Not many teams have two. But if you want to play more man, you want to play more press, you better have one. And I'm talking about a guy who can take your best receiver and neutralize him. You know, you take a Julio Jones, you take an A.J. Green, guys like that, um, that's Artie Burns' job, and he's got to be better. I mean, when you when you have a guy like Joe Hayden come to the team, I think a lot of fans turn into scouts and they start saying, oh, he can't do this, he's not as good as he once was. But to me, what spoke volumes was A.B. started petitioning to, to bring him in, a guy that competes against him every year. And to a lot of people's point, I mean, it's not like the AFC isn't stacked with receivers. I mean, he, he's had to go up some 
uh, up against some pretty stiff competition and done pretty well against A.J. Green, A.B., guys like Steve Smith Sr.? He's a quality player, Bill. I mean, he, he's a quality corner. The only issue about him is his health. Um, and did the groin surgery slow him down in addition to the natural, attri- uh, natural attrition because of his age and his, his number of years in the league? Um, I do think it speaks well of the guy that he had these groin injuries last year and insisted on playing um, through them. Um, you know, and he's playing on a team that won one game. You know, easy to just kind of look for a soft spot to land. Uh, but he mm-hmm. continued to play. I would, I would think, not that he wasn't before. He's a high motor, high energy guy. That's never been an issue with him. But I would think, um, you know, listen, we all take shots at the Browns. Uh, okay, it's deserved. But he just got to get out of jail free card. Well, not for free, <laughs> seven million dollars. Um, but uh, his 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 perspective changed in 48 hours. I mean, he's looking at a Cleveland team. He gets it. Doesn't mean he tries any harder. But look, everybody wants to win. And he's going to, if you will, a guaranteed winner. So his perspective has changed. Uh, If you're thinking about motivation, again, he's not a guy um, who comes in with any kind of a reputation of being, you know, a pouty guy, a dour guy. Um, He's a high-energy guy, and I honestly think that's one of the reasons that Tomlin and Butler and Colbert went after him, because they like the guy's personality. I mean, they they think he's going to be a good fit in that locker room, too. Uh, Running up against it here, Stan, who do you have on the show today? Um, I'm not. I'm off. All right, I didn't think you were. Okay, all right. I'm off today and uh, and tomorrow, but I'll be back Tuesday. And by the way, beginning on Tuesday, um, the one to two hour second hour of my show will be nothing but Steelers. It's going to be simulcast on Steelers Nation Radio. So beginning Tuesday, the one to two hour, all Steelers all the time. Going to call it Savern on Steelers. Glorious, wonderful. I can't wait. Looking forward. Stan Savern, thanks so much as always. Appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Hey, want to remind you, single game tickets for the Pittsburgh Penguins 2017-18 regular season at PPG Paints Arena will go on sale at 10 a.m. this morning. Approximately 2,000 tickets will be available for each game. Tickets will be available for sale online at pittsburghpenguins.com. The back-to-back Stanley Cup champions will open the regular season with the 2017 Stanley Cup banner-raising ceremony Wednesday, October 4th, against the St. Louis Blues at 8 p.m. The Penguins' home schedule also features 11 Saturday games. The much-anticipated first visit by the Vegas Golden Knights is set for Tuesday, February 6th. Full and half-season ticket packages are still available for purchase to the public. Full plans include all 43 home games at PPG Paints Arena, and half-season plans include 21 pre-selected home games. Packages can be purchased online at pittsburghpenguins.com slash season tickets. I like it. I I like like it it a lot. lot. Tomorrow, the best of 2017 so far. And Mike Pursuta with a post-game wrap-up of what goes down tonight in Carolina. I'm finished. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.